know where your children are? Um, hopefully, uh, not here, because I don't want children You're yet. wrong! It's the Media Boat <laughs> Podcast! We don't know where your children are. You should probably find out, though. Uh, if you do, for those of you who do indeed have children, find out where they are at, and then tell them to listen to us! Yeah, probably... Uh, but the children are the priority here. But anyways, yes, it's the Media Boat Excuse Podcast. Excuse me? Children are the priority. Okay, yeah, I thought I said children are not the priority. No, I said children are the priority. But you know what else is a priority? The Media Boat Podcast. Yes. But uh, we are your source for movies, entertainment, TV. Wait, what, what's entertainment? It's the, the media. not something we cover. We cover... The media. <laughs> We're getting this, this season off to a great start. Oh, yeah. Okay. We are only had two seasons to practice on this. The thing. Media Boat Podcast. We cover the latest news and thoughts about the latest movies, music, video games, and TV. Not necessarily in that order. I think you did that on purpose this time. No, <laughs> that just happened. It kind of just spilled out of my mouth like that. Which um, is weird because you know you've been in this for. How many episodes now? Well, basically, if you've never heard us before, uh, welcome. We welcome, welcome. First of all, and uh, second of all, we kind of walk through the uh, week's news in movies, TV, music, and video games. Uh, we talk about things we've listened to, watched, played, etc., uh, and give you our impressions of them in a little segment we call thoughts. We even talk about cancellations and renewals of TV shows. We talk about box office numbers. Uh, and we talk about even even famous famous uh, entertainment stars who have died. Uh, we try to give you the most in depth news about all four things uh, that we cover uh, every week, every Wednesday. Right now, we are yes. live on YouTube.com. Just search Media Book Podcast, and you'll find it. Find us we live every Wednesday night, eight o'clock p.m. Yes, so Pacific time. Yep. So go to YouTube. Uh, 8 o'clock, and just search for us live, or go to our channel, we'll put everything up live, uh, if you like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter, yeah. we'll tell you when we go live. We'll recap all this at the end of the show, but I just wanted to give you kind of new listeners that might be out there. A little... Because it is, of course, season three, and yeah. we have new people out there. A little brief about what, uh, uh, what you have in store here. Uh, but we can roll uh, right into it now. Uh, the doctor's mom's gonna listen to us apparently. Oh boy! Which means we must keep this thing PG. Oh, that's not gonna happen. All right. <laughs> Explicit tag. Explicit tag. Okay. All right. So well, let, let's get this ball rolling. So we always start with movies, and movies always start with the weekend box office numbers. Every weekend, we t- we t- keep track of what movies are our hits and what movies are bombs. And this week. It was pretty predictable. Yes, uh, Star Wars once again rolled over to be number one uh, at the box office. Although you know, in a in a rather uh, slight um, downhill grade from there. Yeah, from the box it's it's doing a, it's doing a, a better than I think it did the previous weekend because it right. has the benefit of another holiday weekend. Yes. Um, so we're looking at another fifty-two million for Star Wars, and I saw today. That officially it has entered the billion earners. Right. It has entered as the top, into the top 20 movies. I'm going to stop you there. We'll get okay. to Star Wars a little bit later oh, on, the, on those numbers. I just thought I'd mention it since we're talking about box office. Yes, but we'll get to uh, Star <laughs> Wars numbers as a whole uh, a little bit yes. later. But anyways, I made 52 million this past weekend. Yes. Uh, breaking 517 million domestic. 
And that will make it the top earner of 2017 domestically. Easily. Easily. Uh, rounding out our top five here, number two was Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle with another $50 million, right uh, behind Star Wars. Yes, but that thing went up from yes. the previous weekend. A lot of the movies in the top five went up because it's such a lackluster holiday that people who didn't go to movies for Christmas went this weekend. Yeah, I didn't realize how big of a movie holiday New Year's is until... I ended up eating right next to a theater, and we just saw people pour in. Yeah. Blew my mind. Like, you always associate Christmas with that. It's like, oh, I know several families that go to movies on Christmas, but not New Year's. That was new to me. Yeah. I didn't realize that was such a thing. Uh, number three, Pitch Perfect 3, uh, mm-hmm. coming in with another $16 million. Yep. Uh, the Greatest Showman is your number four movie with 15, and Ferdinand, animated Ferdinand, Comes in at $11 million. Yeah, so your top five was the same as last week, same top five. Yeah, no surprises here. All right, but uh, we do have a thoughts uh, uh, for the week. So what, what, did you see one of these? I saw Pitch Perfect 3. All right, what did you think about uh, uh, Anna Kendrick and company? Uh, if you like the first Pitch Perfect, you'll like this movie as it goes back to its formula and actually follows Andy Kendrick as the lead. Oh, good. Instead okay. of uh, Haley Steinfeld like he did in Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, that being said, I like that it went back to its roots of Anna Kendrick still trying to be a music producer. Oh, good. In this thing. And I'm still shocked at the number of songs they're able to get jam-packed into this movie. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just little bits or sound bits uh, or pieces of songs, it's a lot. Okay, that sounds good because my worry was is that the trailers make it look like it's a big like set piece, not necessarily an action movie, but like goes into some sort of like weird mystery plot. It it does. And I was that got me worried that it was going to continue going off the rails as much as 2 did. It did. I was not a fan of 2. I saw two I on HBO streaming. Yes. Uh, one bored afternoon. Right. And my takeaway is okay, the guest cameos were funny. But man, it just lost all the reasons why I liked the first one so much. Then you may not like the third one. But the, I don't know what you just said, though, returning to Anna Kendrick's kind of plot from the first movie actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. But then it goes on a weird um, Rebel Wilson plot. Yeah. Because she's the second lead in that movie. Sure. Like it or not, she is the second yeah, lead. She definitely in that is. Movie. So they go on a weird a um, father tangent with her. And that's where you get all of that action stuff you saw in the trailers. Sure, yeah. Stuff they're pushing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that stuff is actually not the strongest part of the movie. Also, um, It's basically the Bellas get back together for a USO tour. And they, the winner, uh, winning act, gets to be featured with DJ Khaled, played by DJ Khaled. Sure, because, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, wherein DJ Khaled's producer wants Anna Kendrick to be the solo act, and just Anna Kendrick. Thus, you get the dilemma, but they're my family. Yeah. But you're talented. But I'm with them. But you're freaking Anna Kendrick. You're the lead of this thing. <laughs> like, like, like we're going to continue to push you to the front because that's what people came here to see. Or is it? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's also probably a big portion of the audience that just sees this movie for the acapella. Oh, the acapella is good in this too. And the soundtrack. Yeah. Like I said, I, I like how many songs they're able to work into this movie. Yeah. And weave throughout it. 
Um, but it's still it's it's a fun movie. All right, there's Se- nothing seems okay. So it's a stream. It sounds like it's a stream. It yeah, but if you're also like a like a fan of the the acapellas, the Pitch Perfect, you've seen one and two in theater. Go ahead and see three in theaters. It's it's a good time. It's but definitely stream it. Yeah, just yeah. a brief uh, like information for our new listeners if you're out yes. there. Uh, our our media boat scale, our patented media boat scale is see it, stream it, or pass. Or, or avoid it at all costs. Yeah, pass, but yes, essentially yes. that. So we'll tell you whether we think you should pony up the money and see it in a real theater, or just wait until it's on Netflix or some sort of equivalent, or just save your money completely and just avoid it. Yeah, uh, I mean, because uh, each pitch perfect is only like an hour and a half, you could actually make like an afternoon out of it with your gal pals and just do a, a pitch perfect marathon. Not necessarily just your gal pals. Any, you're anyone, I know, Matt, you'd want to you're do any anyone that. pals. I would watch the first pitch perfect again. Yeah. It's been a bit since I saw it. So yeah, I, I like that it's movie. Good. I like that movie. It's, it's charming. Yes. Uh, even though I personally don't really care for acapella music. Right. Anyways, Anyways, so okay, cool. So, so yeah, uh, Stream Three exists. Yes. Moving exactly on what you into think it is. Uh, next week's releases, we have one release uh, coming out on the fifth Friday, the fifth. If you like horror movies, get ready. It's the first one for the year of twenty eighteen. Insidious, Insidious, the last key, which I think is the third, third movie. Yeah, I believe series. there was an Insidious. Two. There's Insidious. There's Insidious two, yeah. and then I think this is the third one. So I think you're right. I think this is Insidious three. So yes, right. if you are a fan of the Insidious movies, check that out. I do believe that that is the only movie, only new release this new release. weekend. So stay tight until next week when we have a few more for you. Yeah. All right, moving on to movie news. Yep. We start. With some uh, uh, scheduling changes. Yes. So, even though 2018 has just started, we're only three days into it, a couple of movies have already shifted their positions. So, Sony has moved a couple movies uh, that they own from one date to another. Alpha, which you're going to have to explain to me what Alpha is. What is Alpha? Uh, that is the um, movie uh-huh. about you don't the say. first interaction between. Man and Beast. Oh, you know what? I think I saw a, not a trailer for this. But yes. I think I saw a poster for this. Yeah, there's there's a poster for this hanging up. Because I think somebody IMAX. on Twitter was like, "This is like a movie like engineered to make me cry or something like that." Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically, it's about the first uh, friendship between man and beast. Man and dog. Man and dog. Yeah, wolf. Hence the beast, name. Wolf dog. Alpha. Yes, unlike Alpha and Omega. Oh God, that movie, that movie is a kids' movie about sex. Not only that, they made three movies based off that. <laughs> Are they at all least, about sex? At least three that I know of. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, they moved Alpha for an early in the year release date of March 2nd, all the way down to September 14th. Yeah, basically it's skipping not only uh, the early, like, summer March previews, yeah. but just summer altogether. Getting out of the way completely. Yeah. Probably makes... smart. Well, I guess because the uh, uh, first preview I saw for this thing was in front of Star Wars. Yeah. And no one was interested in it. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. And in a, uh, the reverse of a vote of no confidence is a vote of confidence, right? Yes. In a vote of confidence for Goosebumps 2, it has been moved out of September and into the proper month of October. Yes. Uh, the horror, uh, because they got Jack Black back. To, to this film. Jack Back. Yes. 
the the return of Jack Black. Yes. Into continues uh, in 2018. Yes. Um, they they move this into the proper horror. The, the Goosebump sequel into the proper horror month of October. Makes sense. So October 12th will be the new date for the yep. sequel to Goosebumps. Uh, other studios are doing it too. Bad Robot, that's of course J.J. Abrams' joint. Right. Uh, moves Cloverfield 3. Yes, you heard that right. Cloverfield 3. Because I'm guessing they're counting... Uh, uh, what's it? Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. What was it? 1, 2, 3 Cloverfield Lane or something? Yeah. I forget so, what the name of that thing yeah. is, but... But yeah, that, that I guess is technically the second one. Cloverfield 3 is moving from February 18 to question mark? No future date, currently. Cor- correct. So, uh, so, to be announced. Yes, because uh, Alexandra DeBecky, no, Elizabeth DeBecky, uh, okay. was, is starring in this film, and they straight up asked her, hey, when was this film coming out? Because she couldn't give an exact date, yeah. Bad Robot decided to uh, pull it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out uh, mid-February, but because we haven't seen any trailer for it, and Bad Robot is still working on it... It's not going to be done. It's not going to be done in time, and so yeah. they're going to push it back to, eh, maybe when someone cares about it's happening. Probably better that way. Yeah. Okay, moving into other star uh, to, to uh, news. Of course, you mentioned earlier we're going to talk about Star Wars some more. Yes. So this and is going to be the big go. Star Wars dump. All right, so Star Wars, first of all, has made a bunch of money, as we alluded to. Yes. How much money, you ask? How much money has Star Wars made? The franchise has crossed $4 billion, which, of course, eclipses the Disney's uh, price tag when they bought Lucasfilm in 2012. Right. They originally bought it for $4 billion. It currently, as of the past weekend, hit 4.06 million dollars so okay this is it's important to note of course that we live in real world yes which means we have to keep in mind that that number is from ticket sales at the worldwide box office doesn't necessarily include the money that was spent to make them right so and, and marketing also, and, and merchandise and everything. right and everything the fact that those profits are split between the studio and the theaters yeah there's that too uh but that doesn't account for other revenue streams from the franchise like yes. toys and theme park attractions right and residuals and yeah. EA's licensing deals so chances are else. you're probably still looking at about that number or more yes uh, uh, it's safe to say that you're probably looking at about 4 billion dollars when all is said and done so Disney over the course of what 5 years since that purchase uh yeah 2012 yeah. and 2017 yeah so over the course of about five years, uh, made a return on investment. I mean, not bad. Yeah. But, but uh, but yeah, of course they did, in kind of a way. Like, of course they did. Right. And then especially because uh, Disneyland, uh, starting this year, actually 2018, uh, is going to open up that Star Wars land in, right. in May. Yes. It's happening. So that's another big hit for it. So the Star Wars franchise as a whole, since its inception in 1977, has now made $8 billion, $8.55 billion specifically, which puts it just past the Harry Potter franchise, which had $8.53 billion. However, the big head honcho of all these, money-wise, is still the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, the other Disney property. Which has thirteen point. $5 billion overall. Which, of course, there's like, what, three times as many movies? I was going to so, say. Of course there are. No, well, twice. There's like 17 yeah. Marvel movies 
compared to like eight Star Wars and eight Harry Potters. Right. So. So not, yeah, they've had twice as much. Star Wars movies now. Yeah, they got Rogue One. Ten, Nine. if you include that Clone Wars movie. Oh, the animated Clone yeah. Wars. Ten theatrical releases. Totally. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right, uh, so yeah, big money. Another Star Wars news. So Mr. Uh, Star Wars composer himself, John Williams, uh, has signed on for the upcoming Han Solo movie, but just for its theme. Right. It, he will not be doing the rest of the score. He will leave that job up to John Powell, but you will get another classic John Williams theme out of this, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, so Han Solo will be getting his own theme from classic Star Wars. I mean, Wars he kind of did already have a motif from... The original yeah. trilogy, right? I mean, Leia, Leia did, Luke does. I don't know if Han did. I'm not sure Han did. If at least it's a recognizable one. Yeah. I don't know, maybe he'll revamp it. Maybe he'll revamp it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool. That's very John yeah. Williams to do that. Yes. Like, to weave in an old theme. Like, one of the things I did like about, uh, I mean, we talked about Last Jedi, Death, and our wrap up shows of 2017. Yes. But one of the things I really liked was how the score wrapped in the the, uh, the original the theme, Luke theme both Luke's and Leia's themes into their respective scenes yes I thought was really really good and I I, I was like I hope more people realize they're doing this because that, that it's they're a really using cool audio with yeah. visual cues yeah I don't think most cool. people recognize that but yeah it's really neat that they do yeah alright moving on from Star Wars into is that the last Star Wars that is the yeah. last Star Wars yeah thing. okay Moving into, yeah. although this is related to Star Wars. Yeah. There's a uh, that, bit of a segue. Yeah, here. yeah, that's what I'm thinking of here. We already kind of talked about it in our own wrap-up, but yes, the, the the year was dominated by women. Yes. Uh, in a surprising turn of events, the box office top three slots were dominated by female leads. So, of course, that includes The Last Jedi with... Jedi Ray as the uh, the pri- yes. primary protagonist yes. in the film. Uh, one Daisy Ridley. Yes. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, of course. With and, one Emma Watson. And Wonder Woman. With one Gal Gadot. So the, what was the last time this happened, you asked? Never. Well, no. Wait, what? All the way back in 1958, this happened once before. South Pacific, the musical, Anti-Mame, and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Those three movies were at the top and also had female leads. Hey, so it only takes another 50 years for So that now my wish now is to get to a point where we're uh, not making separate lists anymore and just saying, hey, these people are cool. How about that? How about that, guys? Moving on. What other, what other, what else happened? <laughs> what other hot female leads are there? So, of course, Wonder Woman star Gal Gadot was one of the reasons why that movie made so much money. She also made some money. She was the highest grossing actress of 2017, raking in $1.4 billion for playing Wonder Woman twice in one year. It does help that you play the same role twice. The third highest grossing actor overall, by the way, behind just behind Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, because that Fast and Furious money comes Fast and Furious. Yes. Of course, Dwayne Johnson also had the help of uh, Jumanji this year. Right. Among, I think, something else. Uh, say is it something else this year too I think so but uh, that being said Vin Diesel also had at the beginning of last year Triple X and Guardians of the Galaxy and Gar- yes and he's technically in that he's in technically Groot in that too and of course Emma Stone is still your name Your was still named your highest paid actress of the year right the highest grossing highest paid right so but individually but that's because Forbes 
does their painting yeah. from January from uh, June to June. So yeah. So we won't get another new highest painting till mid midway through the year. Makes sense. Moving on to the world of directing. So Dennis Villanueva, I believe that's how you say his last name. Yes. Villanueva, Villanueva. Uh, who of course was the director of Blade Runner twenty forty nine this year. Uh, which you enjoyed, which I was surprised wasn't on your list. Uh, yes, it was. If you remember correctly, it was on my it was on one of your sequels. Lists my, it was number five on yeah. my sequels, reboots, and remakes list. Yeah, it wasn't on your real list. Well, no, it wasn't on my overall top five list. But yeah, the man is a hot ticket as of this year. People, after that hot debut, well, not debut, but that hot big ticket item this year right because he, because right before that he had the Oscar nominated Arrival right so yeah now people are after him they wanted to work on their franchise he was apparently pursued to take over for Sam Mendes on the next Bond movie yes Bond 25 but which will eventually get real name so for now yes. we'll call it the next Bond movie okay <laughs> um, but had to decline it since he had already committed to making Dune based on of course the famous novel for legendary pictures However, if Dune gets delayed again, which has already happened a handful of times yep. to a handful of directors, yes. uh, he may decide to switch over since making a Bond movie is an old fancy project he had said he would love to do, but he needs to be focused on one thing, which makes right. sense. Right. Because he is a director, he needs to have that like beeline focus, and uh, he's actually done this with several studios, especially or specifically Sony yeah. before, because they want him to do uh, the... Yep. Um, Blade Runner remake but not only that but he said that he needed to focus on Arrival first yeah. before he could get to that well guess what there is something he is attached to which is Cleopatra coming at ya uh, that's also at Sony yeah Sony's Cleopatra from writer David Scarpa who wrote All the Money in the World uh, that is something that uh, uh, Dennis was already attached to uh, looks like that is going to be taking the classic story of Cleopatra in a, quote, new direction. Tight, dirty, fast, two-hour movie uh, that is going to be visceral and is going to be a, quote, political thriller through the eyes of a woman. Yeah, this will be an interesting take, but there's a... We're mentioning this now, but it, the script hasn't been written yet. Right, it hasn't been written, of course, uh... If Dune comes first, it will be in pre-production, so that'll be the priority here. Uh, right. Then Bond will be a 2019 release date, which means that would be, have to be a quick one for him. Right. Well, the the Broccoli family and MGM and uh, everyone mm, already Broccoli has family. set the, uh, Bond to come out in November 2019. So that's why they're looking for a director throughout this year, at yeah. least half this half, Try to find someone halfway through this year. That way they can get through everything, start shooting, and then get... Get 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 that release date of 2019. Of course, the important question here is: Do you think he'd be good with a Bond movie? Um, he's very stylistic, but he also likes very high concept. Let me rephrase. I'm not this. sure how well he is yeah. with action. Let me rephrase this. How would he do with a Daniel Craig Bond movie? That's a different story. Because I think he'd do all right. Because if we if we're, there's anything we can learn from Casino Royale and Skyfall. Is that with Daniel Craig, you can be a little bit more artsy. And that's the thing, is that Daniel Craig, uh, when they asked Daniel Craig who he'd like to have direct, yeah. Dennis Villeneuve was on one his of his list. list. Was on his list. I mean, yeah. Uh, the man has good taste, even though he keeps just getting money in his lap because he won't run away from this franchise. Oh, no, he's, he's, he's trying to run he's away. He's tried to <laughs> run away from the franchise. 
He's trying to run away from the franchise. It's just that the franchise keeps pulling him back in by waving a huge check in his face. And you don't have... And, uh, and I, I don't blame the guy. I mean, if I have a big yeah. check waving in my face saying, hey, it's true. hey, like, okay, fine. A beauty for a year, but at least I get to make all this money. In a related story, uh, you don't have this on your news, but there's also think, something going around the internet this week where somebody, a Sony, uh, Sony exec said something about, or some sort of exec... Uh, said something about the possibility of Bond, uh, the next Bond after this Daniel Craig one, uh, possibly being a, a woman or black. Okay. Finally. And, of course, the reaction was, why not both? <laughs> I could see the, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Yeah. But didn't she already have something similar? She's uh, been, uh, I mean, in, obviously she's been in the... Um, the the Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. I don't think she's had a, like an action movie just about her though. I'd like to see Emily Blunt. She seems like she could kick ass. Yeah, maybe. In like a sexual way too. I don't know if that necessarily needs to be sexual. Bond is very sexual. No, no, he gets sex thrust upon him. There we go. He is not sexual. <laughs> he just stands there and women are attracted to and, him. And smolders. Yeah, he just he is a dude. <laughs> And women are attracted to him. Okay, let's move on. All right. Into television. Let's move on. That's it for movies. Yes. We're into the world of TV. And, of course, we start TV with what we always start with, which is sports. And NFL season is finally over. Or almost. Playoffs are set. Yes. We have our playoff battles. Titans versus the Chiefs. The Falcons versus the Rams. Bills versus the Jaguars. Panthers against the Saints. And those are your uh, wild card matchups wild for this weekend. Your sure deals are the Eagles, the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Vikings. Yes, they all get their first round buys. We'll be seeing action until the following week. Okay, your picks, sir. Titans, Chiefs. Who you got? Uh, Titans versus Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Chiefs can bring it at any day. It's just if they want to bring it. All right. Uh, okay, how about Super Bowl Super Bowl losers, the Falcons versus home team, the Rams? <laughs> Interesting matchup, but I, I have to go with the Rams. Yeah, home team, Ramley. What are the surprising Buffalo Bills versus the Jet Jaguars? <laughs> In a game, I'd rather see both teams lose. But one has to win. Um, the Bills. All right. And lastly, the Panthers versus... The uncanny Drew Brees Saints. I'd have to go with, with the Saints on this because one. Because Drew Brees. Well, not only that, but they have two solid running backs in Mark Ingram and Calvin Kamara. Calvin Kamara? Yes. I, I think it's Calvin Kamara. Calvin Kamara. I, I know it's Kamara <laughs> because he ran all over me and, and cost me the, my chance at the playoffs. Yeah, he did. <laughs> All right, uh, that's professional football, but there was also college football. You mean the D-League? The D-League. The NCAA <laughs> Finals have been set up. We had Georgia beating Oklahoma and Alabama beating Clemson. I'm guessing those were your New Year's games, right? Yes, those were your New Year's games. Uh, the Rose Bowl yes. uh, in, in Georgia versus Oklahoma uh, featured your husband winner, uh, Baker Mayfield, unfortunately losing... But what turned out to be an epic um, Rose Bowl game. I mean, there were passing yards set, there were touchdowns set, there was a scoring set. It was a game for, it was a game to remember. 
Yeah. Unlike the Cotton Bowl. Which was which, not. Which was not, and Alabama just rolled over him. Yeah, the tide rolled. Yep, tide rolled over um, Clemson, unfortunately. All right, so Georgia-Alabama, what do you think? Uh, I got Georgia in this, only Georgia. because I think the whole, everyone outside of the state of Alabama has Georgia. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody hates Alabama. Exactly. Except for Alabama. Exactly. All right, uh, wrapping up sports with one story from the world of hockey. Yes. We had Dustin Brown, Mr. Browntown himself. Yes, we went to Browntown. Of the LA Kings. That's the hockey LA Kings. Making his 1,000th start for the same team. Only the eighth player to do so in hockey history. Yes. Um, while other players have obviously played more than 1,000 <laughs> games, games, the fact that you played with the same team, right, same team is same. what makes this uh, notable and special. So good for Mr. Brown. Yes. All right, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, he was drafted in 2003. Okay. Started in 2003, and 15 years later, here we are now. There we go. It's impressive. Yeah. But where there is a Rose Bowl, there is a Rose Parade. Yes, and that brings us to our second story. All right. Our first so story, I guess. The Rose Parade, of course, happened on the first, uh, the first, which it always does. Your Grand Marshal was none other than esteemed actor Gary Sinise. Yes, who was actually being honored for his um, humanitarian efforts, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, and as we mentioned um, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about kind of the road up to our New Year's entertainment, Amazon Prime did something a little different this year when it came to coverage. Right, because no one has any exclusive rights on the Rose Bowl. Anyone yeah. can broadcast it. So yeah, they did a special uh, funny uh, event with Funny or Die website. And if you're familiar with their work, you know usually what they do is comedy and or satire. Well, not everybody knew that going into the <laughs> programming that they had scheduled for the Rose Bowl. So as we had reported, they were doing a special satirical broadcast with Will Ferrell and, uh, shoot. Uh, Molly Bruce, Shannon. Molly Shannon, where they were essentially going to be making fun of it. Yes. Or, like, making fun of the concept of, like, of covering a, a parade. Covering a parade. Uh, yes. Except people watching didn't necessarily realize it was a satire and didn't get the joke. Uh, Which so, I think is the great thing, great thing about Will Ferrell yeah. is nobody gets his jokes. Yeah, so so yeah, people left a bunch of reviews on Amazon's with one star saying that it was hard to watch and they were disappointed. But yeah, you know what? I think in a way that makes it any, even funnier. Yeah. So, so good on, good on the good folks at Amazon for trying something different this year. Maybe they'll do another one next year. Right, yeah. Uh, there are other comments saying like, uh, you should learn from KTLA how to properly cover a parade. Oh my god! And <laughs> you don't get it. No, just people just obviously not getting that this was a parody. Yeah, a, a live parody. Also, it's funny because we're we're local. Oh yeah, relatively uh, to Pasadena, and so it's funny funnier I think to us because we're so used to. It's funny that you mentioned KTLA because all our lives it's always been oh you watch the local channel right. for the Rose Parade. You don't watch a nationally syndicated network uh, for here us, we watch our local ass channel yeah for us here locally in southern california, yeah. in california we watch ktla yeah so that's funny because they run it all day they really really, they really did. did moving on to things that are nationally broadcast on a network the today show yes, yes that four hour long beast of a programming block <laughs> <laughs> Every morning on NBC. Well, they got to show something, right? Well, they do because uh, there was recently a shakeup, as we had described, uh, discussed last year. Yes. Uh, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer had left the show, uh, fired due to allegations of sexual misconduct. With the new year, though, comes with a new 
host and NBC, as I said in our post on MediaBoatPodcast.com, has filled a Matt Lauer-shaped hole. Yes. With none other than Kathy Lee Gifford's best drinking buddy, Hoda Kotb. Kotb? It's Kotby. Kotby. It's Kotby. Kotb. Yeah, yeah. You have to say B. The B is at the end there. Yes. So Hoda. Hoda. Uh, Hold up, wait a minute, let me put some wine up in it. We'll be the co-anchor of the news portion of the show, uh, which is, I believe, the two first hours? Correct. Uh, Because originally it was just the first two hours, and then later they expanded the format to its current four-hour format. Uh, The fourth hour, of course, being the one where she drinks with Kathy Lee. Right, the the, the let's get drunk hour. Yeah, the let's get drunk with her giant glasses of wine hour. But this one's the serious news hour, so she joins Savannah Guthrie. Uh, who was uh, the, the co-anchor there. Right, already up there with Matt Lauer. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, ratings, ratings have been dropping quickly uh, since uh, since Lauer's departure, so they needed to fill this spot quickly with somebody that was well-known. Right, and uh, the fact that Matt Lauer just happened to... This just happened to happen at the end of November. Yeah. Uh, so they had the whole month of December where, you know, TV's lull anyways to kind of yeah. figure out things and start off the new year fresh. So yeah, not a not a great uh, a situation to be in, but they're making the best of it and uh, getting somebody that already knows the deal uh, back in there. I wouldn't be surprised though if they end up replacing her as well. Like if this was if this is just a temporary change for for wait replacing Hoda? Yeah, I think this is a possibly a, just a temporary change. Quite possibly, but once they figure out who they can put in there. Yes, but Hoda is uh, is still a risk. Respected journalist. Uh, I was, uh, she, okay, she has, journalistic, she has multiple journalism. She has multiple journalistic years. She's not a journalist. She's a talk personality. Okay. Like, Matt Lauer is a journalist. Yes. Well. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is actually a great comparison to I make. I know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, she's a researcher? Well, because she worked at on NBC Nightly News. Yeah. For, for, many, for like 10 years before she... Uh, joined the was kind of relegated to drinking hour. Right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how she does. I, I, I just feel like this is a, a move for familiarity to get the ratings back up. Probably. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, she very may well stay in this position for all I know. I don't know. Moving on. Somebody who won't be staying in their position is, of course, President and Chief Digital Officer, both the President and the Chief Digital Officer of Vice Media, who might have their jobs on the chopping block. And guess why? Is it another a scandal? Once again, sexual harassment allegations. No way. Reported by the New York Times, the, the those two, uh, Andrew Crichton, president, and Mike Germano, uh, uh, chief digital officer of Vice, have both been accused of misconduct. Uh, CEO of the company, Sarah Broderick, put out a memo saying, A new year is time for change, no more so than here at Vice. Our workplace culture and... Uh, that sentence doesn't make any sense. Our workplace, I think you need to cut, no, I have no idea how to read this. What you have written is, our workplace culture and ensure all our employees feel respected and supported. Yes. I'm not really sure what you mean by that, but I get the gist of it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so basically, yeah, they uh, she name-checked some two dozen employees across the U.S., U.K., and Canada who will be leading employee councils on diversity and inclusion. And coordinating meetups around the areas of mentoring, gender, affinity groups, and community partnerships. Uh, Creighton, the president, was allegedly involved in a $135,000 
Set him. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And, and Germano, the chief, uh, the chief digital officer, uh, had made inappropriate comments allegedly towards former employee Amanda Rue during the 2012 holiday party. Uh, not only that, but he also had a second um, yeah. interaction during a 2014 outing as well. Yeah, I saw the, some of the, 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 the articles going around about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, and kind of the outcry around it. One of the, the uh, one of the things, the coolest things I saw on Twitter was a Twitter user basically said, "Hey, um, if you're an employee advice, former or current, and you want to say something but you're afraid of losing your job, tell me and I'll put it here in a Twitter thread." And it was this super long thread of her basically just telling all these stories on behalf of employees' advice about things that <laughs> had happened. From all sorts of people in the company, not just those two people named here in the story, which implies uh, that it's a systematic issue in that company that needs to be resolved, which makes sense why the COO would have made a statement like that, basically saying, no, we're going to make sweeping changes from the ground up here. We're going to get special counsels to really try to get a a training system in place for new and existing employees to make sure this doesn't happen again. So I'm hoping that the effort does lead towards uh, change uh, systematically in their in their company because that's bad and I like a lot of the stuff that Vice has and continues to do especially Waypoint uh, Waypoint has made a, uh, their own statement about this saying that they were aware and that they have personally requested changes that they want to company policy mm-hmm. and so that they're 100% aware one two have not been like have not been involved their employees have not been involved in any of the uh, the situations and that three that they have like are working currently with uh, management on a higher level about how to make improvements. So, okay, so, so there's stuff being done. Yeah, there's stuff doing that be done, and that's all you can ask. I just hope the next step is that these two are out because that's right. that seems to be the logical conclusion. Right, uh, the way things have been going yeah. at the end of 2017, uh, into 2018, we hope to see the end of this, yeah. or maybe not, as we'll get to later. We will certainly see. Moving on. We got a follow-up to the Netflix uh, stand-up explosion that they announced towards the end of last year. So yes. They're going to do stand-up special at stand-up special. First of all, that Seinfeld money is kicking in because comedians in the cars getting coffee finally arrives this Friday. Yes, January 5th. Get all of your comedians in cars getting, getting coffee. coffee. Uh, Ricky Gervais is also stand-up, and he sets a second stand-up special for Netflix that will be debuting soon. Yes. Next... Uh, Netflix, not a stand-up, but a series of unfortunate events. The series that was based on the books. Second season, that's part two, I guess. Yes. Of the rest of the books, I guess, that weren't covered in the first part of the season. Set for March 30th to debut on Netflix. Uh, I remember being pleasantly surprised by that thing. That yeah. thing is actually well done. Yeah, it's a different take from the Jim Carrey stuff. It is. And it's, yeah, like you said, well done. It, I thought it was really well crafted. Yes. For, the story, again, is still, I think for me, a little out there in terms of like, yeah. is this for kids? Is this for young adults? Who exactly is this for? I think that that's kind of part of its charm. But yeah. In a way. Uh, next, in surprising news that uh, I was kind of shocked by today, even after a cavalcade of negative feedback on the internet for this thing, Netflix has confirmed that there will be a sequel to Will Smith's Bright. Now, the reason is because in the week, first weekend Bright was released, it garnered 11 million watches yeah. around the world. People saw it. So, a lot of people saw this thing. Also, they spent a lot of money on this. Uh, yeah, so it was $4 million for the script alone. 
$90 billion in total. That included production and paying off its main actors who would normally get back-end points. Yeah. Uh, same with director David Ayers. It's a lot. Yes. But, uh, but this all comes with uh, one possibly very positive change. Um, so Will Smith is back as well as his co-star, which I'm forgetting his name. They will both Edgerton. return. Joe yes. Will Edgerton. Joe Edgerton. It will all still be directed by uh, the director of the first movie and David Suicide Ayers. Squad, David Ayer. Yes, he yes he will return to write and direct. But not being confused caveat. by the way today, I found out not to be confused with David Ayers. Those are two different people. Ayer and Ayers are two different people. Yeah, David Ayer. Yes, is the director of this movie. Right. David Ayers is someone else. Yes. I, I for, for some reason thought that Ayers was this guy's name and it is not surprise <laughs> anyways but who will not be returning is everybody's favorite screenwriter Max Landis who I said before Ugh. this thing got well one when we first reported on this thing last year about the bidding war and I said why is this thing getting so much attention and so much money yeah it doesn't need to do it, and Max Landis is not that good of a writer. Well, surprise! Now everybody knows, <laughs> and everybody finally figured it out, and so he got kicked off. Yes. So yes, uh, Ayer, uh, David Ayer will be writing as well as directing. He will be taking the the script reins as well. Right, and seeing as he already uh, has developed this universe, it'd be yeah. interesting to see if he expands it beyond Los Angeles or just continues the same plotline story. I don't know. We will certainly find out. Our last thing we need to cover in television is something that you watched yes. on Netflix, speaking of Netflix. Yes, continuing with the Netflix. Black Mirror. <sighs> Season 4. You have seen it. You have absorbed it. Tell I, me. I have plugged it into my brain. Yes, tell me. Are we living in a computer and is it bad? <laughs> because that's, uh, that's Black Mirror in a nutshell. Uh, is it? Because some Sorry. of the stuff in Black Mirror Sorry, is maybe not living in a computer. I am using a computer, and it is bad. There. I am using technology, yeah. and technology is working against technology me. Technology is bad. I am slowly dying because of technology. Well, it's not necessarily that. It's, it's more that technology makes my life easier, which allows me to see that everyone around me is, is, is really evil or messed up or just not right in the head. Are you saying the screens that we look at? Are like black mirrors into our soul? Yes, that's actually where it comes from. I, I know. I know. <laughs> you know. But yeah, so uh, as I said during our TV wrap-up of 2017, the one show that was not on the list, that normally would make the list, is yes, Black Mirror. Because it hadn't debuted yet. Right, because it debuted... Debuted. 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 On like December... Diamonds. Yes. On December 29th, the very end of the year... Uh, it could be on any of my lists, and it's not going to be on any of my lists for the following year, because it is a 2017 show. Right. That being said, Black Mirror would still not have been my number one show of the year. I think it would have been number three. Yeah. Uh, because this is the fourth season, and the plot lines are getting very repetitive. At least yeah, the twists. That's the vibe are, I got are, too. At least watching it for the twists. Because you're always expecting a twist and you're always trying to figure it out before the ending. Yeah, the bit I was watching with you, I was just thinking, it's like, man, this really is so, like... not. I don't want to necessarily call it predictable. 
it, it, there's another word that I can't think of that describes it. It's just, it's so like... It's because Blackbeard has developed on the its nose own formula. Is the word I used when I was watching. I want to say formulaic. Like, it's so on the nose. Yeah. It's just like whenever you think it's like, oh, I bet this thing is is representative of this thing. It beats you on the head with it. Quite literally, because that was the yes. one we were watching with Jodie Foster directing. Yes, it's like to the the very end of that thing. Just every single time, I was just like, but, "Okay, we get it." But then again, that was a Jodie Foster directed one, to which yeah. at the very end, I said. That's the one she decided to direct. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, I was just like shocked. Like, yeah, I get what it's trying to do, but man, does it have to be so like specific and like very like, I don't know. It's very specific. Yeah. Uh, because they're because this is the fourth season. Sort of the novelty that made Black Mirror like very original, inter- original, introspective has kind of worn away the more shows it comes out with. Yeah, that's Like fair. I said, it is the fourth season. Um, the, this is the second season on Netflix, so this is another six episodes. Yeah. Um, two of them are just okay, two of them are excellent, and two of them I'm just like, I could... Nothing's special about them, but they're definitely really well done, well shot. Uh, I like the cinematography on all of these things. Yeah. But there's just... Blackbeard starting to lose that spark that made it like, oh my god, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. I think a setup like that is just going to be bound for diminishing returns, though. Yeah. To a certain extent. I mean, if you have a setup... You say based... that, but Twilight Zone so three seasons. There's a big difference between Twilight Zone and Black Mirror, though. I... Twilight Zone was not hinged on the premise of our society as it is now. Right. Twilight Zone is more willing to get into more fantastical realms. I'm not saying that Black Mirror isn't, but it's all based on some sort of future that we assume we could eventually reach. I think that's the other thing about this, is that Black Mirror is a shared universe. Yeah. Because there's stuff referencing other stuff, and it's all interconnected somehow because of the reference of referential stuff it's that that it's a shared universe and i hate to say this but the fact that it's an hour long yeah is also a little bit detrimental to it so was twilight zone to be fair no twilight zone's half hours uh depends but uh (laughs) what do we depend oh the the new one yeah it depends on what era you're talking about the reboot twilight zone was an hour but yeah i think it's i think it's a tricky thing to compare because yeah that's easy comparison right but i think what they're trying to go out and do is very very different i think overall black mirror has a very negative kind of view on what it views as our impending future whereas i think a lot of the twilight zone yes some twilight zones had some sad endings and some were about kind of the like the, the dangers of things that we could do as humanity but a lot of it was hopeful a lot of it had that optimism that and that oh, black mirror black does mirror not doesn't have, have that. it does not have any of that optimism i think if we rewind the tapes and look back to us talking about black mirror last year i think i made the same argument because it's my problem with black mirror that it's just very such it's a just downer zero optimism and that's yeah. one of the things that make people love twilight zone right it had some optimism to it. It's why people love Star Trek, which is which is relevant here because there's a very Star Trekky episode of this yes. season. Of, it opens of with a very Mirror. Star Trekky episode, but that that's also like if the Star Trek fan took everything that was 
that they got wrong. Sure. About what it meant to be a a, a fan of an episode. Of yeah. a series. I'm just saying that it misses like part of a thing, which is why people like stuff like this. Speculative fiction, like why people like speculative speculative fiction, mm-hmm. is because it's posit- because of the positive parts about it and the hope of humanity. And this has not. Well, the fact that you can also learn from it, whereas this is just this is just people making bad decisions one after the other it's so nihilistic because it's not necessarily saying this thing this thing is a general good but be careful with it no it's saying no matter what these things are bad yeah, there's nothing the, you can do about it you're right it's just the, no matter what you try to do with it <laughs> yeah, there's it's always going gonna to be someone else out there who will try and ruin it for you it seems like every black mirror episode ends with oh no both of these people were wrong yeah. Like, this didn't work out for either of these people. Right. Which sucks. I don't, know. I don't know. People like it, I get it, but at the same time, it's not for me. Right, and that's why it's... I, it's not... It's, I'll, I'll still put it on my top five. They're, they're still <laughs> great episodes. They're still, still great pieces of work. But yeah. it's not... It's no longer the best thing on TV. Alright, fair enough. Okay. Moving on. Let's move on to cancellations and renewals. Oh, that takes us out of TV and into the kind of TV... Ancillary. Yes. This is where we talk about things that have been confirmed to either have been canceled by networks or renewed by networks. First off, we have a cancellation. White Famous on Showtime has been canceled after just one season. That was that Jay Farrow show yeah. that he left SNL to do. Yeah. Or, I guess, no, he got the consolation prize. Yeah, he leaving. had been off of SNL for a few years. No, no, yeah, he, was, he was just let out. But yeah, uh... She's Gotta Have It has been renewed for a second season on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That, of course, is a Netflix series based on the Spike Lee film of the same name. Right. Sue Grafton. Um, oh, moving into the deaths. Yes. I should have said that. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, moving on to the deaths. Uh, just a quick uh, 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 list of, of, of deaths that we've experienced in the world of entertainment. Sue Grafton, famous novelist, age 77, Known for the Alphabet series, A for Alibi, etc. Yes. Uh, she got uh, to Y, which was this year's release. Will not get dizzy. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's just so uh, close. To finishing it's off the unknown. Uh, currently, it's unknown if she was even working, working on, Z. on Z. I would assume she probably had some drafts Yeah. at this point. But the yeah, question why? is, do they release it posthumously, or do they just leave well, it be? I think they might just... I think they'll get someone to finish it. I would say generally how this goes is they'll probably have an, uh, somebody a, a, a ghostwrite clean it up yeah. and release it under her and the other person's name. Yeah, that's usually what they'll do. the final... I think that's what they did with the, the last Tom Clancy novel, too. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they did with Tom Clancy. Now, they release books with Tom Clancy's name on it actually by somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Rosemary, actress, age 94... Famous for, of course, the Dick Van Dyke show, the Doris Day show, and a recurring guest on Hollywood Squares. Yes. Next up, Robert Mann, age 97, American violinist and a founding member of the Juilliard String Quartet. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Finally, Rick Hall, age 85, was an American record producer, songwriter, and recording owner of Fame Studios. Uh, Capital Fame, by the way. Yes, Fame! Yes, uh, forever. Apparently not. No. Oh, no. that's sad. Oh. But speaking of music, let's move into music. Okay, let's go into billboards then. Music, of course, we start with the billboard charts. We have our Hot 100, which is your singles list. Still topped. Your first number one of 2018 is still 
Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Duet with Beyonce. Number two, Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage. Number three, Havana by Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. Number four, No Limit by G Easy featuring ASAP Rocky and Cardi B moving into the top five this week. And moving back into the top five, our old friend Thunder by Imagine Dragons. Hey. Moving on to the Hot 200, Billboard 200, yes, which is the album chart. Number one is Back to Reputation by Taylor Swift. Wow. Moves right ahead of Eminem. Number two, Divide by Ed Sheeran catches up. Okay. With some, uh, I guess, end of year end sales boost. yeah. Number three, debut at number three is something I've never heard of in my life. Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho, the album by Huncho Jack. What? That's a thing? The artist's name is Huncho Jack, and the album's name is Huncho Jack, comma, Jack Huncho. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. I do not know who Huncho Jack is. I don't know what what are you are even saying right now. Huncho Jack. <laughs> number four, dropping number four after its number one reign last week, Revival by Eminem. Okay. And number five, rounding up top five, is The Greatest Showman's Soundtrack. Hey! There you go. Pentatonix Christmas is I told you that thing that was, I told you that soundtrack was good. Yeah, there you People go. went and saw the movie and listened. The Pentatonix, so there you go. Yes. Upcoming uh, releases. We have new releases this week. Yes. Finally, after kind of a dead zone last I know. few weeks. Last couple of weeks we had maybe one or two releases. No, we have a whole bunch. Uh, we have Anderson East with Encore. Is that is he related to Kanye West? Uh, is his cousin from another mother. Mm, okay. We have Black Rebel Motorcycle Club with Wrong Creatures. It's been a long time since I heard that band name. We have Black Veil Brides with Veil. That's V A L E. Yes. We have Camila Cabello with Camilla. I think that's. Her. I bet Havana's on that. Yes, I think that is her uh, first solo album. debut. Solo debut. Yes. Yes. Uh, we also have Dirty Sidewalks with Bringing Down the House Lights. We next we have Joe Santriani with What Happens Next. No. Huh? Well, we also have Umphreys McGee <laughs> with It's Not Us. Okay, so there's your new releases coming this Friday. Yes. Uh, so who also has a new release in the, 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 the pipeline coming soon here? Uh, yes, he's actually got something coming out a lot sooner than you think. And it's none other than our future Super Bowl halftime show performer, Justin Timberlake. I like that I'm using this image because yes. it's very... Uh, it's very old. <laughs> it is super old, but just... You know, remember where his roots is from. Yes, Justin Timberlake has a new album coming out in February titled Man of the Woods. Right. This yeah. is supposed to be uh, a little back to basics for him because he did grow up in Tennessee. Yes, it's true. Uh, he is always roots for Tennessee. Volunteers uh, in basketball. He's a Tennessee guy. Yep. But yeah, the album is due out on February 2nd, which is the Friday before the Super Bowl. Uh, so chances are, expect to see at least one single from the new album on his performance. And it might be the one coming up this Friday. It could be. A new song is set to arrive on Friday, January 5th, so stay tuned. This, of course, is his follow-up to his last album, the two-part 2020 experience. We'll feature new music, of course, it better, and an appearance from <laughs> Pharrell, who has also produced the album. Yes. So uh, they worked together in the past. Uh, they, uh, I believe he worked with Pharrell uh, for parts of his uh, first album, uh, Justified. Okay. Uh, along with Timbaland. Of course, Timbaland produced the first hit single he had as a, sing- a solo artist, uh, Crime River. 
Was that the first one? It was the first was one. Was it Sexy Crime Back? Crime was his first hit. Sexy Back wasn't until uh, uh, later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Crime River was the first big single he had right. as a sing- solo artist. But they were the same album, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, the that album? Uh, uh, that Justified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I already said it. Yes. <laughs> Anyways... But who won't be, uh, uh, what uh, Justin Timberlake won't be doing this year is Coachella, the right. annual festival. Well, in that's because he's, he's doing the Super Bowl. It's a little bit uh, more of importance. I would say. So, Coachella, if you're not familiar, but of course you are, is the festival, uh, rock festival that they have every year in the, in the middle of the Indio Desert. Every year. Uh, uh, yeah, for the past, like, ten years or so now. No, longer than that. Oh, now. Uh, but yeah, the lineup has been announced a little early this year. I'm used to it being kind of an end-of-January thing. They went and did it on the very second day of the year this year. Yep. The lineup has been revealed, and the headliners, the big headliners this year, are The Weeknd, Beyonce, who was supposed to perform last year, but uh, had to deliver some twins. This year she is back and will headline the second night of the show and Eminem will be headlining the third night those weekends of course are April 13th through 15th and the second weekend April 20th through 22nd now I want to resurrect a game that we haven't oh. played <laughs> oh it's this game have I heard them or not alright so I'm going to not go through all of these because that would take way too long oh no look at like the first three lines if they pass that I'm dropping yeah off. pass that I'm curious about which ones you recognize and which ones you don't. So, night one. SZA. Uh, I know that. She was on SNL. What? It's a girl. Because she was on SNL. But you did have a moment the other day where you were like, I didn't know SZA was a girl. No. I thought SZA was a rapper. Yeah, I thought thought she was a rapper too, to be honest. Yes. She's not. Uh, Kygo? Uh, Yes. Yes, Kygo is a DJ. This is a trick one. Jamiroquai. Of course you know who Jamiroquai is. I do? They had, a, they had a hit song 22 years ago. I do? Yes. St. Vincent. I've heard of St. Vincent. Okay. The War on Drugs. I've the heard, band. Okay, no. Not the actual War on Drugs. <laughs> I've heard of the War on Drugs, but no, not the band. Vince Staples. Yes, that's the country man, Vince Staples. Soul, Soul Wax. Oh, what now? Soul Wax. No. Okay. Jean-Michael Jarre. No. Daniel Caesar. All hell, no. <laughs> Callie Uchis. I think you can stop. <laughs> Los Angeles as least. No. And Dororo. Dororo. I, I want to say you said that name before somewhere. <laughs> no, I've never said Dororo. Okay, then no. I don't know who Dororo are. The no. That's me. That's day one. So day two, Beyonce. Uh, yes, I've heard of Beyonce. Who has I heard of Queen Bee? Haim. I have heard of Haim. Uh, Haim needs to catch up on their 2000s music. Yes. Tyler, the creator. Yes, I've also heard of Tyler, the creator, and Tyler, the destroyer. David <laughs> David Byrne. Uh, no, no. You do, but you don't. I do, but I don't. You don't by name, but you know you should know he's the Talking Heads guy. Okay, he's the... Yeah, he was once the, was the, the singer for the Talking, talking heads. heads. He's the guy in the big suit. Yes. Small head. That's David Byrne. Okay. Uh, Alt-J. Uh, I believe I've heard a single recently. Okay. Uh, Post Malone, because I, we've mentioned him now, for the last forever. Now, will he actually show <laughs> up to perform? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Fleet Foxes. Yes, you have mentioned Fleet yes. Foxes. Chromeo. Uh, I believe I have heard that name before somewhere. Chic, featuring Nile Rodgers. 
You have? I have, because it's on the, the uh, billboard. Also, Le Freak. Yes, say Le Freak, say chic. It's by chic. Uh, Borns? Uh, no, but I think that's the O with the slash. Yes, it is. So you've seen it. I've seen the name, but I don't know the, the music. Louis the Child. No. Angel Olsen. No. Maybe. I've mentioned Angel Olsen. Yeah, I think that's why. Jungle? No. Black Bear? Does that sound familiar now? And Mo? No. Also with the slash to the O. Then no. Next. The final day, Eminem. Uh, yes. <laughs> do we do album? I reviewed. Odessa. I have heard of them. Portugal the Man. And the Woman. Migos. Yes. A Perfect Circle. I believe I've heard them. Cardi B. I, I've heard the name, Cardi B. Miguel. I've heard Miguel. King Cruel. Um, no. Illinium. Uh, you missed them there. No. You dropped them. No, I dropped a W. Oh. <laughs> Willinium. No. Kamazi Washington. No. French Montana. Yes, okay, I've heard the name I've heard of the name French Montana somewhere. Glack. Bless you. Vance Joy. I've heard of Vance Joy, yes. Russ. Uh is that it? Just Russ? And yes. <laughs> okay. And Lanny. L-A-N-Y. No. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I'm at a loss for a lot of those. Really? In fact, you have to go pretty deep further for me to actually see stuff that I recognize. One of my favorite things to come out of this is, so somewhere on this lineup, there is an artist named Belly. Belly? No, no, this is funny for a very specific reason. Apparently there are two Bellies. What? The music blog I go to was confused about which one this means. So there is a 90s alt-rock female-fronted band called Belly, which I'm familiar with. Okay. But there's also a rapper named Belly who has collaborated with Weekend, The Weeknd. So, which Belly is it? Okay. Are we sure that's not DJ Belly then? No, it's just Belly. <laughs> so I don't know which Belly it is. Who be, I think you mean whose Belly it is. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Like I said, Coachella is in April, so yes. get your tickets now or when they go on sale because it's already too late. Right. If you're trying to find tickets, uh, good luck paying uh, triple the price. Yeah. Moving on, we have story about Spotify. Yes. Spotify. Is there going to be a week where we don't talk about Spotify? Probably not. Spotify is like the Netflix of the music. I world. know. In more ways than one. But it's being attacked on all sides right now by money. <laughs> so there's been a copyright lawsuit. Again? Another one? Who's one point six billion dollar copyright lawsuit. <sighs> That's a lot of money. From Wixen Music Publishing, who owns some of the publishing rights to music, including artists such as Tom Petty, Weezer, and Neil Young. It's much, much more too. Wixen's lawsuit is alleging Spotify is using their songs without an actual license and without compensation. The lawsuit is being revealed for the first time, but it's very similar to the $43 million settlement by Spotify to songwriters led by David Lowry and Melissa Farrick that said that they hadn't been adequately paid mechanical licenses for song compositions. Right. That, that was for us. We talked about that mid yeah. last year about songwriters. This is one about the actual rights holders now. Publishers, yes. Publishers. So section 115, I'm going to get all legal in here yep. for a second okay. here. Okay. Section 115 of the U.S. Copyright Act provides a compulsory license to make a mechanical reproduction of a musical composition, but only if a notice of intention is sent out and payments are made. 
Wixen notified Spotify that it had neither obtained or a, a direct or a compulsory mechanical license for the use of their works. So that means as much as 21% of the 30 million songs currently on Spotify are potentially unlicensed materials. Uh, that's a big chunk. So they're going to settle this. Oh, yeah. No question about it. Because if this goes to court, the entire business of Spotify could disappear in a night. Right, because that would not only mean like they're not paying them, but then they obviously they have to open the books on yeah. every other publisher. And you'd see labels dropping that thing like it was yesterday's news. Like right. just just it would be dropped immediately and Spotify would lose so much support. Right. So this is, this is just a case of Spotify Pay the people yeah. so you can keep getting paid. Yeah, this is not great. But also, kind of maybe wake up Spotify and maybe think about the kind of ways that you're paying people. Or this could be a wake up for the music industry to gather its resources against Spotify. Yeah. But we'll find out. We'll be following that story. I'm sure we'll let you know if there's yes. an update. But uh, real quick, let's wrap up music by wrapping up the year in one way that we haven't yet. We talked about albums, we talked about the hottest news in music, but we haven't talked about is tours. Right. Well, we, well mainly whenever we cover uh, ticket sales, it's always about how Ticketmaster is screwing people yeah, over. Yeah, or their scalpers and all this negative news. And bots. But here's and, the positive yeah. news about tours. People made money. Yeah. Uh, despite what we say about people uh, who can't get tickets or getting ripped off of tickets, artists still make money on a lot of money off of tours. So yeah, uh, the top selling tours of 2017, of course, your year's top earners were Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood, who wrapped up a three-year, 390-show world tour that sold out stadiums throughout 2017. That's followed by pop stars including Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga, and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Yeah, wrapping uh, up the top those, five. Yes, uh, those were in order your top five yeah. uh, highest earners in terms of uh, ticket sales. Although, there's another one who made uh, number seven on the list without performing a single tour date all year. That was, of course, Pink. Now, it's interesting that you could have be number seven and not perform. It's because her ticket sales to next year's Beautiful Trauma World Tour by itself made her number seven on the list. Right, which is interesting that she's on the list and Taylor Swift isn't on the list. Yeah. There were some issues, apparently, from what I understand, about the pre-sale to those tickets. Yes. But yes, uh, the n only non-musical act to uh, crack the list was none other than puppet, uh, puppet comedian Jeff Dunham, who made number 12. I don't know how he did People it. still like Jeff Dunham. For I some know, somehow. Inexplicable reason. Moving yeah, on. Yes. Uh, that, of course, that list was out of the top 20 acts. Um, a lot of them were country acts uh, yeah. from between 10 and 20. Uh, but, you know, we only want to cover the top stuff here. Right. Well, that does it for music. That's oh, wrapped right. up, up, wraps up the world of music. Let's move into the world of video games. Okay, so let's uh, start with... Uh, it looks like we're starting off with something new this year. Yeah! I like this idea. This is a good idea. So because we're doing it with music, we might as well do it with a video games. It's true. There are way too many TV shows to give you every week, so we can't do it with TV. Right. But there are just enough video games of note that we should probably tell you what's our what's the new releases that are coming out. Now, with the comes to games that come out on PC, there's way too so many for fun. us to cover. But for consoles, it's easier. <laughs> so lately, there's been a big push of Switch games. So we have a bunch of Switch games 
this week, but also something for your Xbox One owners. Outbreak, the new nightmare. Is that on Xbox? Pick a pick deluxe for Switch. Stick bold! Exclamation point. A dodgeball adventure deluxe for Switch. <laughs> it sounds great. And finally, Rocket and Racing Grand Prix for Switch. So Switch owners, keep getting those games. Yeah, uh, this is a good thing for Switch uh, that they have publishers out there pump, just keep pumping out content Rain for them. Stuff out. Next up, Microsoft. Yes. Our first story here is about Microsoft and the Kinect. Which, as you can see in our picture over here, yes. is no longer in that picture. We removed the Kinect. So <laughs> late last year, we reported that uh, that Nintendo, Microsoft had canceled the Kinect manufacturer plant and weren't going to make any more of these things. Well, that's not the only thing. The Kinect adapter, the, the USB accessory that was used for later models of the Xbox One to be compatible with the original Xbox One Kinect, is now also getting discontinued. They're shutting it down to focus attention on launching a new, higher fan-requested game accessory across Xbox One and Windows 10 devices. No word on what that is, but it's definitely not Kinect. Right. Uh, what do you think that could be, though? Oh, God, I don't know. Something that works across both your PC and Xbox? I, I, if I was to warrant a guess, some other, like, webcam. Okay, see, that's what I'm thinking. It's yeah. just some other type of camera that's not necessarily motion adapter. Yeah. Because the uh, actual Xbox controller is not infrared. So yeah. it can't be motion. Well, no, it is. It is? Yeah, 100% is. Okay. It ha- it, I mean, the original idea behind its infrared sensor was not for connect usage, though. That was for uh, the TV usage. It was so you could uh, program it to your um, your uh, entertainment system okay. as a remote control. All right. So, no, it doesn't... You're right, in a way. It doesn't do the same thing that the light on the controllers does with the PlayStation camera. It's yeah. not an indicator. But there's ways they could make it work. Okay. But, yeah, chances are it will not be motion control related at all. You're probably right. But who knows? Uh, but it one thing it's definitely not is HoloLens. <laughs> That's not a real uh, thing, and it will not be a real thing. Come on, Matt. It could be VR. I I have a feeling that they're gonna go VR. I mean, yeah. PlayStation already went VR. Yeah. Uh, Xbox. They've made deals if, with Rift for with with Oculus. So right, and if be, the Xbox One X is as powerful as they say it is. It should be able to run VR smoothly. I wouldn't be surprised if Oc- they went in bed with Oculus and Oculus did some sort of custom thing for them. Like yeah. a custom Xbox VR. Yeah. That would be a solution that would make some sense right now. Right. For I the mean, One X, maybe exclusively? Maybe, because it is the most powerful console out right. there. yeah. So it would make sense that they're going to try and use that power to its full extent, and VR would be the way to go. Yeah. Moving on, the way not to go is if you're a PS3 owner obsessed with Gran Turismo 6. Yeah, the racing games, I'm sorry for putting this in the news. Yeah, but. <laughs> the racing games... It was a slow week. The racing games online service will be coming to an end on March 28th. Also, on January 31st, they will be ending the distribution, the distribution of downloadable content that can be used in-game. It will no longer be possible after the 28th of March to utilize any online services in Gran Turismo 6. So just community, open lobby, quick match, seasonal events. However, you can still play the game offline. Yes, you can also play the updated, the latest version of Grand Series of Sport, which I'm sure you have already upgraded to. I mean, games are constantly being shut down, especially games from the last generation. This happens all the time, but I guess this is a 
particularly notable one. Well, I mean, this game also has been around for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to yeah. a new release of sorts. Uh, well, not really. A new release for Android users. At yes. Least. So you iOS users have probably heard all about HQ, which is a live trivia game that Apple users have been enjoying for a handful of months now. It's been finally released on Android, so we gave it a try today. Yep. If you're unfamiliar uh, with what it is, um, I'm going to be real brief. You have a whole breakdown here, but I feel like if anyone is... The fact that we were able to play it, I think, uh, gives us a better understanding. But yeah, also, if if anybody's listening to this podcast, they've heard of HQ. Okay. (laughs) At this point... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my dad, at the end of last year, was trying to get me to download HQ. I'm like, I've never heard of it. I can't find yeah. it on the uh, on the Google Play Store. As not what you're talking there. about. So yeah, basically, the, the boiler uh, definition of it is it's a trivia game, but it's lo- hosted by a live host. It's streaming video where a host reads you uh, trivia questions and you answer in real time. Uh, you compete for actual real-life money. But if there are multiple winners by the end of the rounds, uh, it gets split. The pot just gets split amongst everybody, and it goes into your uh, PayPal allowance. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we tried it out today. Uh, you've played a couple games. I played one. Yeah. Uh, it seems okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's a neat thing. It's interesting. I mean, the game only takes only runs about 10 minutes Yeah. Uh, in total. But the fact that you can win actual, like, PayPal, like, cash, that you can cash out is... The very unique part of this. Yeah, it's a cool thing. Um, they do tw- do it twice a day, and it's across all users of all devices. is the same show, so it's kind of a, a a couple of podcasts I listen to have been referring to it as as a kind of the modern equivalent of appointment television. It's like a thing that you can all kind of gather around and watch together, which doesn't really happen anymore. Right. So that's cool. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad that Android users get it now. Yes, they had a big uh, blowout event uh, on the first for Android users. I think the first prize was $200,000 Yeah. Uh, split up amongst whoever was playing on Android alone when it first launched. But as of now, uh, each prize is 2000 twice a day. Yeah. Uh, I think on average is about, if you get to the very end at the end of 12 questions, on average you split in between 50 and $75 amongst... The, all the winners. So that's a good chunk. Yeah. yeah. So if you're able to make it through the end um, in one day, that's a good hundred bucks. Chunk of change. Just for playing trivia for 10 minutes. For sure. So yeah, that's that's a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So we talked about last week. Um, yeah, I know. It feels like forever ago. Last week about the Steam Awards, the special fan voted awards mm-hmm. that Steam Valve was having on their Steam platform. We have winners. The winners have been announced. Today. The Choices Matter Award, which was for uh, choices in video games, yep. uh, went to The Witcher Three. Yes. The Mom's Spaghetti Award, <laughs> which was something about like getting back up again after. Yeah, to just keep the yeah. the re- re- after failure. Returning. Went to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds because of course it did. Yep. The Labor of Love Award, which, which you can see in every single detail of the game, which went to Warframe, which is weird. Yeah. Suspension of Disbelief Award, for obvious reasons, went to Rocket League. <laughs> I think you definitely the the yeah. suspension of disbelief there. The world is grim enough. Yeah. Award went to Stardew Valley because it's a happy game. Yep, uh, that's the whole point of yeah. the award. The No Apologies Award was the opposite of the happy game. Went to the Witcher. <laughs> Witcher. Yep, uh, uh, this was, that was a different uh, DLC. The Defies Description Award went to Gary's Mod because it always has. 
The Cry Havoc and Let's Slip the Dogs of War Award went to Just Cause 3. Yes, I've seen a lot of uh, gifts going around of Just Cause, Just Cause 3 gameplay, where people just do crazy things, yeah. including, I mean, a lot of it's like uh, just blowing stuff up and it lands perfectly, or someone doing a 10,000 free fall yeah. into a donut hole. Just insane stuff. Yeah. Mm, donut hole. Yes. The Haunts My Dreams Award went to <laughs> Counter-Strike Go. Yes. The Soul of Vitruvius Award went to Rise of the Tomb Raider. The Whoa Dude 2.0 Award <laughs> went to The Evil Within 2. Yep. Best Soundtrack went to Cuphead. Yeah. The Even Better Than I Expected Award also went to Cuphead. Yep. Also, we can, uh, yeah, we can also talk uh, about uh, Game of the Year stuff. Uh, yeah. We're the only so, ones who gave Game of the Year this year. Right. So, because we didn't really play a lot of the Game of the Year stuff that other people were talking about, uh, just some notables uh, that were out there. The top three that I kept hearing were Zelda. Yeah. Obviously. And Near Autonoma. Yeah. Uh, definitely did pretty well on, on lists this year. Right. And... Unfortunately, the other one was Player Unknown's Battlegrounds yes. was another big win. Yes, those were the top three that I kept hearing yeah. uh, through the news channels that I I followed as, that were kept listing off as top games of the year. I actually think that's a cool list when you consider that that covers three platforms. Player Unknown Battlegrounds, yes, it is on uh, Xbox One, but really that's a PC game, right, so that represents the PC audience. Zelda is a Switch exclusive, unless you have a Wii U. Right. Um, so that's also pretty cool to see it so high. And then you have Nier kind of as your multi-platform, your, right. your PS4 and Xbox representative. It's really cool, solid year when you can have like a spread like that. Yeah. Where it's not just people, all PC games like right. it is sometimes. And you have people arguing, try, trying to argue for the yeah. fact that one game is better than the other when these were all fantastic games. Yeah, for sure. And our last story in video games, which I should have moved up because I hate doing sad story or disappointing stories. Oh, come on. Just rearrange these. All right. Uh, so we can leave on a good note. Happy oh, note. I'll, I'll leave on a good note. Uh, yeah, uh, we had more news about more sexual misconduct allegations in major companies this week. Today, with none other than the, e, the editor-in-chief of IGN, of course IGN, the video game website that has kind of evolved over the years into an entertainment website, yes. but still mostly is associated with video games, um, uh, has been um, uh, ousted from the company after allegations of sexual misconduct led to a a uh, investigation over his uh, of the claims of harassment. Are you, are you just not going to say his name? His name is Steve Butts. There we go. <laughs> the man's name is Steve Butts. Steve Butts no longer works at uh, IGN. Butts um, was working from home for the last couple of months to the confusion of his uh, fellow employees. Not really clear on whether it was a requirement of the investigation or whether it was just he just couldn't like look like work with his coworkers anymore after feeling like ashamed or whatever the hell. Frankly, I don't care. He lost his job anyway, so it's cool. Uh, but. But yeah, uh, this uh, just goes to show you that people probably should have believed uh, the stories when they came out months ago. I mean, yeah, the, I didn't have really the space or wherewithal to write this in my post on um, the the site, on MediaBoatPodcast.com, about the story. But there was an article that uh, IGN posted 
about a month ago that was basically like we should be focusing on the video games in the even though these turbulent things are 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 like are terrible uh, we should really we uh, our first and foremost priority is reporting about video games it's like uh yeah guys uh sure real great way to read read the room <laughs> so yeah uh, this is comeuppance for that, if anything. <laughs> so yeah, um, um, uh, like same, same, go, same goes for every story we've reported about this. Uh, is I'm glad the guy's out. I'm glad it got called out, and uh, hopefully, uh, this means for a better work environment over at IGN, which I hear is a terrible place to work at. <laughs> All right. That so does it. if you don't want to go work for IGN, come work for us. Yeah, maybe we won't pay you. Uh, we'll, we'll pay you in smiles and credit. Hey, smiles are pretty good. I like smiles. Uh, well, that $5 will give you a cup of coffee. That's true. All right, moving <laughs> on. Uh, that is it for video games. That means that's it for the Mini Boat Podcast. Yay! So this is the time where we plug everything. All right, let's, let's start plugging stuff in. Plug stuff in. All right. com is our website. There is where you can see all our written materials. That includes... New stories that are now starting to go up daily. Yes. Uh, so, I've been meaning to ask you about that. Yeah. Uh, are you going to put stuff up or should I put stuff up? Or are we going to both put stuff up? I think up? we can both put stuff up. Yeah, We're let's not both put stuff limiting up. Limiting it. Uh, basically, the goal is to at least do two, two a day. We okay. don't even have to do all four different uh, things because what I found out over the course of the last two days is there's not enough interesting things happening right now, especially in January, to cover all four. And yes, and yet uh, I'm still able to find at least four stuff every week. Of course, I'm also looking at it at the very end of the week. So right. Going back. Things seem to happen towards the end of the week. Yes. So, yeah, not a whole lot going on on a Wednesday, for example. Right. But when things hit, we will report it. Also, kind of, I'm using my own kind of like gauge for it. If it's something, basically, my gauge is if it's something that we are interested in, one, have talked about previously on the podcast, right. two, or is a big enough story. Where even if it doesn't cover one and two, still qualifies for something we should report. Right. That's uh, basically what I'm going through. So, so for example, also, there were stories about Star Wars hitting a billion dollars. It's like, yeah, but I feel like that's not a big enough deal to report at this point. Something we can talk about in the podcast, but it's not necessarily... Like, if it beats a record, then yeah, I'll report it. But Right. Also, I'll be putting up uh, some of the stories that we talk about here. Uh, because I do read the yeah. articles and I do do the research for... So might as well. Putting, I might as well also just write it up as but well. But yeah, not only do we do news stories, but we we also have features going up throughout the week. Every month, every Tuesday, we have your box office numbers, our act, your actuals from the previous weekend. Every when, uh, Thursday morning, the podcast post goes up. So if you missed us live, you can catch the audio version or the, uh, the YouTube uh, video of, of, of the archive of our stream. You can also catch every Friday new releases of uh, the weekends, uh, the, which is a re, a, a, like an encapsulation of all the things that are coming out the following week. That includes movies, TV shows. I actually do the work on TV shows there. <laughs> and uh, video games and albums. So every week there are new things going up, as well as our thoughts posts. Thoughts are what we call our reviews. We don't review things here at the Media Boat Podcast. We have thoughts about them. Yes. Uh, uh, why is that? The, the reason is is because numbers don't mean a thing. Right. Because because <laughs> we have our patented scale of... On the podcast. Of, of whether you should actually like go out there and invest your time in this thing, or something that you can like 
catch on the backside, like when it, when your times, like when it when it suits your time. Yeah, but also generally speaking, like we're we're people who don't necessarily like objectively hate or hate a lot of things. We we find little things that may bug us about something, but yes. we're not necessarily we don't we don't we don't enjoy things on a ten point scale. Right. There's or a five all, point scale. Right. There's always. Whenever we we come across it, there's always something to be enjoyed about it, and we always like to bring that to the forefront because people work hard on these things. So yeah, I like critical writing more than I like reviewy writing. Like right. I'm not gonna break down in a video game how the graphics and gameplay are. I'm gonna tell you how it made me feel, and right. so that's why I feel thoughts is a more accurate name for the things we do. Yeah. So yeah, so our thoughts posts go up every time we enjoy something or maybe are disappointed by something enough to write about it. So we will have periodically movies on there. We'll yep. have seasons of television on there. We'll have albums on there, and we'll have video games on there yep. whenever they strike our fancy. So right. So, for example, I have uh, I saw um, Pitch Perfect three yes. earlier today. So, we had a review on it. Well, that will be going up on our website very soon. And you can uh, catch his thoughts about downsizing uh, that went up on the first. Right. And then we'll also have my thoughts on the latest season of Black Mirror 